service. What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. Today is episode 92. Thanks for being here. Shout out to my guest from last week, Samantha Sky. Samantha, I appreciate you coming to the podcast. That was so much fun. People, if you have not yet, check out last week's episode. Make sure you are following Samantha. She is on Twitter at SamanthaSkyX. Her website, MeetSamanthaSky.com. I have links to all of those in the show notes from last week. Hit the show notes, click the link, show her some love. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at FullServicePod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, if you like what we're doing here week after week, hit that subscribe button. You'll be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. I feel like I say it every week, but ratings and reviews help so much for visibility for the show. So if you can, hit us with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review. I will read it on the podcast. It's so much fun. I really love it. Uh, <laughs> If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Each month, we have at least one Patreon-exclusive episode that you cannot hear anywhere else. This month's guest is friend of the podcast, Alexis Reynolds, is joining us on Patreon. So if you want to check that out, patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Also, if you join the alcohol tier of our Patreon, you get a free month subscription to the OnlyFans of Friends of the Podcast, Sweet Haley Grace, Alexis Reynolds, and Sophia Soma. So hey, what are you doing? Join the Patreon. Today, episode 92, so excited. My guest is a Bay Area-based companion, Flora Sparks. We, I guess we sat down and recorded maybe like a week or so ago, so it's new, it's fresh. She is a photographer, she is a teapot enthusiast, she is a master gardener, we talk all of that. We talk her experience and companionship, being her authentic self, she gives advice to other sex workers, we discuss how the last year has looked for her, we talk misconceptions in sex work, Twitter marketing, we talk butterflies, oh my god. So much fun. You can follow Flora. She is on Twitter at FloraSparksXO. Her website, FloraSparks.com. She also has a photography business, Hey Babe Studios, that she created with Adrian Lalani a couple months ago. And if you are a sex worker in the Bay Area, in New York, hit her up. They are at Hey Babe Studio on Twitter. Shoot her an email, info at HeyBabe.studio. I'm going to stop talking. I hope you enjoy my interview today with Flora Sparks. Thanks. Welcome back, listeners. It's Tag Smith. I'm so excited for today's episode. My guest is a Bay Area-based companion, Flora Sparks. Flora, thanks for being on the podcast. Howdy, Tank. I'm happy to be here and happy to spend time with you on the Hell yeah. Super excited. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, I am currently in Atlanta. Flora, where are you joining us from? I'm joining us from the Bay Area in California. Sweet, sweet. I uh, I went to, I guess I went to San Francisco maybe like 2011, like 2012, but I haven't been back. I was only there for like less than a day. Do mm-hmm. you have any recommendations? What's something, what's something good to do in the Bay Area for maybe someone that's never been there before or I'm coming back? What am I doing? Well, one great thing if you're in San Francisco is Golden Gate Park is just a really banging park. There is tons of stuff to do there, like so much huge variety that 
I always recommend people just head to the park. You can go to museums. You can go to the botanical gardens. There's the AIDS Memorial Grove. There's like Hippie Hill. There's like the Japanese tea garden, the rose garden. There's just, you know, lots of stuff to do in a pretty condensed area. And then there's also, you know, that you're kind of close to some different parts of the city that are a little less, they're like more, um, I guess, residential areas, but there's a lot of like great restaurants in the sunset. And, okay. you know, I love, you're also close to the beach over there. You can kind of like San Francisco is like seven by seven square miles. So you can like basically start at one end of Golden Gate Park or like start in the hate and just like walk to the ocean and see a bunch of stuff. And that's like one of my favorite ways to spend the day in the city. Hell yeah. What uh, I know, so you got Oakland, you got San Francisco right there. Do you prefer one to the other? You know what? I'm a kind of greater Bay Area gal. Like over the summer, I got a car. Um, I ditched Ooh, my boy. car hey. like a billion years ago when I moved to Boston and like drove there once and, <laughs> and never wanted to drive in Boston again. <laughs> and last year, I moved a little, you know, to a little more of a suburban area. So I got a car and I love going to like Napa up to Marin and like basically like living in the Bay Area is like kind of being on a perma vacation, like not just because the weather's great, but because you can go 40 minutes if there's no traffic and get to like a completely different microclimate and different like you're like, here I'm at a forest. Oh, here I'm at a beach. Like here I'm at a mountain. Like so that's I'm kind of like love outdoorsy stuff like that so um i have no skin in the game between the oakland sf war although oakland (laughs) is like way cooler like people like in san francisco people like are kind of like focused and they got their heads down and they're like walking to work or whatever or it's cold and windy so they don't want to interact with you whereas if you're in oakland like if you're walking around like Marriott. People will be like, oh, I love your outfit. Like, hey, what's up? Like, your dog's cute. Like, they're more chatty there. So okay. definitely as you go more East Bay, like, people are friendlier. Your neighbors are more likely to talk to you. Okay. And so on. Oakland wins. Oakland wins Oakland the battle. Wins. Yeah. <laughs> Oakland's a cool spot. It's yeah. complicated, complicated area. You have, like, dense urban environments. And then, like, five miles away, you can be in the hills and completely – like surrounded by fog and a forest. Like it's, That's you know, the Bay cool. Area has a lot of contrasts like that. Nice. Fuck yeah. I know we are uh, hopefully, you know, towards the end of this pandemic happening. Uh, what's something you're excited to do that, you know, you haven't been able to do in the past year? Let's see. I think like, I don't know. I, a lot of my past, my, my life as it is, is pretty well, it's pretty conducive to like pandemic life. I like work from home. I do a lot of arts and crafts, but I think the thing I miss the most is like, I just really love like daytime indoor tea parties. Like I really want to have people over like in more than like small groups. Like I want to have like 25 people over to my house. Cause I haven't had, I moved last summer and I haven't had a housewarming party. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Hell yeah. I know uh, if people follow you on Twitter, they might, yeah, you mentioned the the tea parties. You're like a, a teapot tea enthusiast. What? Yeah. Uh, how long have you, how'd that happen? How long have you been like collecting teapots and stuff like that? I think it started in 2008 when I just really wanted to have a Mad Hatter tea party with my friends. 
And I was like, all right, I'm going to just go to the thrift store. I'm going to get a bunch of teapots and I'm going to get a bunch of really cool teacups and we're going to have this party. And I went to so many thrift stores and I found zero teapots and zero teacups. And it started (laughs) this like, oh, this is harder to come up. I just thought it would be so easy to instantly collect a cool collection of teacups. Yeah. And so I kind of set rules for myself, which were like, Every cup has to have its matching saucer. Like I don't buy anything like from an antique store. It has to be all thrifted because like you can get yourself a nice tea cup collection like really fast in an antique store, but you're going to spend like, you know, a bunch of money because they range from like 20 to $50 depending oh, on shit. how collectible they are. So all of mine have either been like gifts or stuff I've found at a thrift store or at estate sales. Do you have a favorite like set that you found so far? Yeah, I have um, a particular affinity to like Masonic, uh, like Daughters of the Eastern Star um, merch, I guess. Oh, shit. Um, Because there's kind of like occulty vibes to it. And so I love to mix a little bit of that occult vibe with like the tea party vibe. I have a lot of goth friends, so it's nice to like be like, all right, some people get the cutesy pink flowers and some people get the goth teacups. I also have some fortune telling teacups. Ooh, do they like, like, can they, do they, can you tell fortunes with them? Like how, how does, yeah. How does that work? I can't. It's one of those things where I'm like list of things to do that are not urgent. Um, and so I haven't learned how to use them, but there's different styles. There's like, I have some where, um, it's like a bunch of like playing cards. I think it's, I, I can't remember what it's called. Like it was a gift from a family member, but it has all these playing cards. And I think like the way the grounds fall and on which cards, there's like a kind of a numerology thing. Okay. Then I have another one that's full of like alchemical symbols and like z- zodiacal symbols. And then another one that's just like random little symbols, like a key and a sock. And that one's like a hundred years old. So I, I need to find oh, shit. like instructions on them and then learn the divination process you, with them are you using these or are you like this like compl- like just like decorative or are you like- oh they're all they're all functional that's nice. that's a rule i have for myself because I'm, I'm like i'm not a minimalist but like i do have pretty extreme like environmental sensitivities so like if the more stuff you own the more dust you have and like mold collects on dust so okay. i try to keep it pretty like minimal so if i have a collection it needs to be functional okay that makes sense hell yeah yeah or at least like very beautiful. Like I think my plant collection is not functional per se, uh, but it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're making like uh, oxygen or what are they're they? Making what are they? Is that what they're making oxygen. You yeah, know? they're purifying the air. They're yeah. making me happy. They're yeah. they're keeping me from getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh, mentioned you're in a gardening club. I feel like yeah, if anybody follows you on Twitter, they're like, no, you are into the plants. Yeah, I am into them. What are you growing this year? Oh, I am growing a lot of things because I have um, part of moving was I wanted a bigger yard that I could do whatever I wanted. So this year I've been like rehabbing my my yard, which the previous uh, person that owned it hadn't really taken care of it for about a decade. So that's just like a oh yeah, that's a project. A lot of manual labor kind of thing. Like I think one of the most exciting things I did this year um, was order twenty cubic yards of mulch. Ooh, damn. <laughs> have it delivered on my front lawn. I don't know. It's I, It's been six months and I'm like, yeah, that was cool. Like, do I want to do that one more time before I redo yeah. the front yard? <laughs> you do. You want to uh, do it one I time. do. Yeah. I've like mentioned it like six times this week. So I'm like, yeah, I want to get another 20 cubic yards when the weather's less warm. 
Nice. But the thing I'm growing this year that I'm obsessed with is orchids. Ooh, nice. Because I've, yeah, I've been growing them. I know, I think it's six years of growing them. Like it started, like I was out of town for six weeks going on tour with an art project. And when I came back, there was an orchid at the house and I just started taking care of it. And I eventually asked my roommate, I was like, is this your orchid? And he's like, no, I thought it was yours. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I have orchids now. And I have not been able to get them to rebloom. Like I've been collecting oh, more orchids. I've been like, people give me their sad orchids and I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And I finally did this year. And like, I understand what all the fuss is about. I know why people grow orchids. Like I'm, I'm so obsessed with them. Like they're a very gratifying plant once you sort of master them. So they're just my babies right now. I'm going to do a photo shoot with them like today or tomorrow. Cause they're, oh, all, nice. Fuck they're yeah. finally all bloomed. So they're going to get like a group photo shoot. Do you have a suggestion for someone I'm like that's bad at plants? Do you have a, a what's yeah. a plant for someone that's bad at plants? Well, I guess my question for you is, are you like an over-nurturer or an under-nurturer? Like, are you like, I'll water you every day, baby? Or you're like a month later, like, oh shit, I forgot about you. Definitely the second one. Definitely, Definitely the second one. Yeah. Then you either want like a pothos, like they're just a basic green vine they're kind of like depending on what kind of soil you plant it in like if you're like i never water this thing you can put it in a moisture retentive soil okay and water it like once every two weeks because the cool thing with that plant is you can put it in the sun you can put it in the shade you can forget to water it it will show you like it'll kind of look a little sad and then it perks back up so that's a good option if you want something that's like you know you want something you see it grow you can train it up your wall it has other like fun things if you want something even easier, there's a plant called a ZZ plant that you can basically like put in a dark corner and you water it once a month and it's not going to grow, but it's not going to die. And it's okay. kind of like dinosaur looking like it's very. Um, Is it called a snake up. plant too? Snake plants are also really easy. Okay. But that's a different, a different. Um, okay. Different. Okay. Okay. But snake plants are also good. Big fan. Okay. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a plant. I'm gonna do it. I need yeah, to... get a ZZ plant. Like there, start with that, and then just be like, it's just one of those plants. Where you're like, you look good. Okay. Like, and you're easy. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. I believe having an indoor or outdoor garden should be fun. And if it's like, whenever people are like, oh, I'm bad at plants, I'm like, well, first of all, you can get a shitty plant from a nursery, and if you don't yeah. have good experience, you don't know if it's you that killed it or if it came dead. Hey, then, that's a good, yeah. Yeah, it happens more than you think. Because I'll have plants that I'll take home and it dies within three days. And I'm like, I know I didn't do anything to yeah. you. Like you you came dead. Um, so that's that happens quite a bit, especially depending on the nursery and how, like, how well they're run. But a lot of times it's just finding the perfect plant for your environment. Like I have whole types of plants that I'm just like, all right, no more Tratoscantia. Like... I don't like them for this reason or they have this care requirement that I just don't want to do. So I just give them away on next door. Oh, like, nice. That's, that's p- sweet. Part of gardening is like curating. Okay. Yeah. Because at least if you can't like, you're like, I can't do this. At least like somebody else is able to like take over the lease on the plant, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. I love like once I'm over a plant, I'm like, get out of my, get out of my, my life. <laughs> I get them out of there within a few hours. Usually like a lot of times I could sell them. Like I just gave away like, three monsteras that I didn't like their growth pattern because I started propagating them and I had like eight of them and I was probably could have sold them for 50 bucks but I was like I just want them out of my house right now yeah 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 
and someone can <laughs> can benefit from this. And you know, it's like it's nice to make money, but it's also nice to just have the convenience of being free. <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, you are into photography. How long have you been into photography? I started getting into photography back in 2003 because, you know, over the years, I've been freelancing in some way, like since pretty much 2003. That's when I first started my first business. And so at the time I was doing, I had a small clothing line and I was, there was kind of this craft, independent crafter revolution happening all over the country. And, you know, part of it just happened with like Flickr, and this is before Etsy, but people were starting to have message forums where they could share, like, here's what I made and here's what I'm selling. And it was kind of this new cool thing. And so I was just bootstrapping it and I had to build my own website. My first website was on Yahoo stores. And yeah, I paid like 40 bucks a month for it. And I had to have a merchant account through Wells Fargo, which was expensive. And I... Don't remember doing any advertising or marketing because, like, I don't think people knew how to, like, market on the internet at that time. Like, do sort of viral marketing or, you know, through your social circle. So people – I don't know how people found my stuff. They buy my stuff on the internet. People I didn't know. That's pretty cool, though. (laughs) Yeah, I still honestly have no clue how I sold stuff. Like, I'm just like, how did I I – because I didn't – I didn't – I just put it out there and then people bought it. They must have just gone to Yahoo stores and typed in purse. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's is my best guess so around that time i learned you know i was like yahoo stores is too expensive i should learn how to build my own website so i went to community college to learn photoshop and dreamweaver and i got a camera so i could do my own product shots and so that's how it kind of started okay and then within a few years like i was like modeling my own stuff and i started taking um i decided to take some photography classes at the community college to like improve my just photography skills So I've been taking pictures of myself like since 2003, basically. I was my main model because I was always always available. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, what's some of the like favorite like things you maybe like shot or created? Do you have like a favorite? Yeah. When I go back in the day, like when I first started, I lived in a rural part of North Carolina and there's a lot of like abandoned houses and abandoned areas. And I used to like break into this one beautiful old decaying like fall through the ceiling kind of kind of place but I used to do these beautifully lit like pre-Raphaelette inspired photo shoots um because I had this like uh Grecian see-through Grecian gown so I do these like really romantic things it with natural light and then recently I think my favorite photo shoot was I was just in Joshua Tree like a month ago and when I got there, it the weather, it was like overcast and these stormy clouds. And I just was like, I want to take some pictures before the light changes and I want to smoke a joint. And so it's we're going to do both of these things at the same time. And so there's zero preparation for the photo shoot. And they came out really like awesome because I love when you can kind of express um, – I know the feeling of freedom in a photo shoot. Like that's kind of something when I'm taking photos of myself, I I try to look really like relaxed and um, like embodied as kind of one of my goals when I'm shooting. So that, that shoot, it just nailed it without even trying. Was that the Hunter S Thompson photos you have? Yeah. 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 That wasn't even on purpose. I didn't even plan my outfit. I just like went into my bag and I was like, it's cold. So I need a jacket. So I'll put on my Carhartt jacket and, 
I don't feel like putting on any of this laundry. I'll just put on a pair of fishnets and my cowboy boots and these stupid glasses and and grab my joint. Like I literally got ready in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out good. Sometimes that was, those things happen. See, I feel like it has to like feel good when it just like works out like that. Like you just put something on, you're like, oh my God, this is great. What the fuck? Hell yeah. yeah. No, going through the film, I was like, I nailed the first picture. Like the first picture was one I used. Usually like it takes a few like, and this is working with clients as a photographer or with myself, it usually takes, you know, the first 10 photos are you like trying to figure out where your face goes. But every once in a while, you just like, bam, you're ready. You nail that first shot. So it was just one of those, one Hell of those yeah. times. You know, I feel like, you know, your photo shoots are like super detailed, like, like how, what kind of, what kind of planning or like, I guess prep goes into like creating the like perfect aesthetic, aesthetic for like a photo shoot. You know, for me, I have a very aesthetic life. Like, you know, many years ago, I dated someone who only wore one color. I won't say the color to protect this person's privacy, but living with this person and examining their really extreme, like focus on one color really encouraged me to like tighten up the colors I liked to wear. So like all of my house and all of my clothes all are within a certain range of colors so for me it's really easy and i have a few like outlier colors like i'm like i don't wear red a lot but i'll have a few red pieces of lingerie that contrast really well so for me it's kind of this holistic thing where everything's kind of looks ready photo shoot ready and then i just you know if i have a i usually i very rarely plan my my solo shoots like sometimes i'll just like look at my roses and be like i need to take a picture with these roses right now okay what am i gonna wear and go into the the closet you know every once in a while i am like okay we have to do this beach photo shoot and we're you know i want like curtains blowing and i want a tea party and so i'll i'll get a vision and then reverse engineer it from there Um, so i i do both either like zero prep we're just doing this right now to like you know I get an idea and then I schedule it and get really hardcore organizational with it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But I love the process. Like I have a background as a, like doing costume design and performance art. So for me doing photo shoots is kind of just an extension of my creativity. So I'm always kind of, it's always in the back of my mind or I'll see something that will inspire me and be like, Oh, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to try that. Or I want to, you know, everybody does a bulk bath photo shoot. Like, how can I do that, but make a little twist or whatever, yeah. like, you know, kind of just thinking about it all the time. Cause that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the industry. Just like the, the photography side of taking, it. Taking photos, which I really, I don't sell any of my content online and I really need to, I just don't really want to do the work of selling it, but I love, <laughs> I love taking the content. So I have to figure out, still working on how to make that because I, because I'm just like, I have all this content and I like making it. I yeah. just don't want to put the effort into selling it. So I'm doing it for the the joy, the you know, the creative the, joy. The creative joy. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I can figure out how to profit off of it more than, you know, like it, it works for, it's easy content, it's easy advertising, but if I can figure out another way to, to monetize it, I will. Okay. Hell yeah. What, uh, what's something that you're passionate about? Something that I'm passionate about, oh, I'm, I have attention deficit disorder. So like I'm passionate about like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. So <laughs> but it changes it's like photography, <laughs> plants, you know, like I, 
if I decide I'm interested into something, like I really rabbit hole on it, like, cause I want to get to a level of like understanding before I make a decision. Yeah. So like current obsession right now is um, like, I'm really obsessed with like nail art. Okay. So like at the beginning of the pandemic, like I, you know, we couldn't go to the nail salon and then my nail person moved to LA. So I was oh, like, all fuck. right, I got to figure this out on my own. So I was like, you know, what, what do I pay a month for my nails? And how long is this pandemic going to go? Can I invest in professional or like semi-pro quality materials? Okay. And teach myself. And if I do it, basically, I was like, if I do this six times, it's completely paid for itself. Oh, and nice. then if I never want to do it again, I don't have to. But it turns out I really love it. Like I, you know, I watch like... I probably watch like an hour or two of nail content a week on, on YouTube and being like, okay, like, how are they doing that? You know? So that's my current obsession is, is nail art. I feel like I've, I feel like I've just learned through this podcast so much about nails. It's uh, truly incredible. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it's so cool. Like I never, I wasn't really into my nails until I got in the industry and I was just like, it's just practical to do gel manicures because I'm all, my nails are always ready. I don't have to mess around with them before a session. Like they're good to go, you know, cause if you get it done right, it can last. Like sometimes I'll do my nails every other month cause I do like a clear bottom. So it goes oh, nice. out. So it's for me, it's like a practical thing. I feel like, yeah, like now, like I'll see people's nails just in public and I'm like, oh, shit. Nice nails. Good good nails you got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as you start paying attention, I mean, it's such a, it's like any little niche hobby. Like there's so much room for creativity and the stuff, like the stuff people do with nails is just bananas. Like I'm just like, I could never do that. Like you've got like spinning beads in there. You've got like, I watched a girl do like a snow globe, like oh, what? like what? A, a working snow globe on her nails. I was like, that's a working stuff. Snow- a working sh- snow globe. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could never do that. I'm, like, I'm sure I could if I set my mind to it, but I have no interest in having like something projecting off my nail three, like half an inch, but yeah. like more power to her. You know, some wow. of that stuff you just do for pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some at some point you got to have like a little bit of practicality. Totally, and, totally. There's uh, <laughs> five, ten snow globes. <laughs> I know. She, people will usually do like one nail that's got like the snow globe. And like okay. I always like leave three of my fingers like short so I can like, I know, do stuff with them. But yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. I like a, an eight ball, a magic eight ball. You just shake up your hand. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> just read, their, read somebody's yeah, fortune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to – I'm imagining how you would do that now. I'm like, you'd have to – the hard part would be figuring out how to make the little floaty thing. Yeah. Like making the ball and like inserting the liquid is the easy part. It's it's fabricating that tiny thing. Man, wow. <laughs> yeah. That'd be hmm. sweet. Ideas. That would ideas be sweet. Are, ideas like, are coming. <laughs> a good for work. You're like, survey – magic eight ball says no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magic eight ball says Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Flora, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks, yeah, uh, I appreciate so much. you having me. Yeah. Um, I always like to, you know, like start at the beginning of, you know, everybody's like kind of like sex work journey. Can you remember your first exposure to sex work at all? I've, I was thinking about that. And I think I first 
remember the first dominatrix I interacted with when I was like, it was like 2007 and I met her at a festival and at the time for whatever reason, balloon porn was really like, like the talk of the internet and people were like intrigued by it. And like, I think they were making jokes about it on like shows and stuff. And I was very like just intrigued because I, I, you know, I grew up pretty religious and like kind of sheltered in certain ways. Okay. And so I just was like, oh, wow, people can like balloons like f- for sex. And so I yeah. imagined like clowns making like balloon dildos and like that's kind of where my imagination went. And so like the first time I watched balloon porn, which was like a girl hugging a balloon and like caressing it and there's like balloon popping and I just – was like, oh, this is very different like than I expected. Yeah. And so that kind of idea was running through my head mentally. And I met this dominatrix and was like, balloon porn. Don't you think it would be great if there was clowns that like made like balloon animals and then like fucked people with them? And she's like, that's such a great idea. I run wow. fetish parties. Like I'm going to use that idea for a fetish party. And so um, I unfortunately wasn't able to go, but she did a whole like balloon fetish scene where she hired a clown like a sexy clown that made like a balloon like harness and like balloon dog and like fucked someone like for like, the party <laughs> and I kind of just like the creativity of that like I was like you can this is your job like your job is to throw like sexy parties and to, like beat people like and dress up in cool costumes like that's so cool and that kind of is how I first heard about it as a job and then like over the years I just became friends with more and more dominatrixes and then made friends with a few escorts. And those are a lot of my really close friends and have been since like 2007. Hell yeah. What was your, how did you decide to get into it? When, uh, when did you start? Um, I started, I, in like November of 2018 was when I like started my Twitter. Okay. Because, um, that summer I had gotten diagnosed with like Lyme disease and a mold illness and like had to move because of because of the mold in my house and I was just kind of like reading the the writing was on the wall that I needed to like work a lot less and spend a lot more time like resting okay and I had over the years I loved hearing like my friends work stories like about like the time in the dungeon or like this public humiliation scene and I was always just like your job sounds fun. It sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds fun. And I always was like, could I do this? Like, would this be a fun job for me? And then around that same time that I was dealing with all of that, like health stuff, one of my really good friends, I always just assumed that she was a waitress because she always had cash and she worked odd hours. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I just assumed she was a waitress. And then she was like, oh no, I'm an escort. I'm like, oh my God, you're an escort. I just assumed <laughs> you're a waitress. I know it just in my head because she had worked food service before. You know, she just had a lot of cash and worked yeah, weird hours. It's just like, a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. And then she's like, oh no, I'm an escort. I'm like, oh really? Can you tell me about it? And so that that she basically was like, read um Lola Davina's like thriving in sex work. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then it's and then book. think about it. So I read the book and then I was like, okay, I definitely want to do this in November. And she was throwing a party where a bunch of sex workers were going to be there. And she's like, why don't you come and like meet people? So I went to that party, met a bunch of people, started my Twitter before I even had done a professional photo shoot. She was basically like, you need to do a photo shoot and you need to get Twitter. And then that's pretty much all you need. 
And so I didn't actually start advertising until March because there was some like life. I had to quit my full time job. And okay. like I I like to research stuff a lot before I officially do it. Like looking back, I should have just done an ad like first thing because it's not like so I was like, oh, what if I take an ad and like a billion people email me? It's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put your ad out first. Worry about your Twitter later. Yeah. Had you like, so, you know, like you're, you're kind of interested in it and you have friends that are in, in the industry. Had anybody said anything to you like, hey, I think you should do it. Or were you kind of just like on your own thing and like, hmm, I kind of, I think I, I think I kind of want to do this. Oh, I, I had been told I would be good at it. And I, a lot of my I do a lot of like performance art or I did like, I don't do it as much anymore because it's just like pretty intensive on my health. But like a lot of my collaborators were dominatrixes. So we would do like performance art installations that had like a, like a BDSM component. And so they were like, you could do this for your job because you're doing this for art. Yeah. You know? So I, and I, but I had to kind of like think about that and like, think about, do I want to be a dom? Like, do I want to do escorting? Like what, how do I want to participate in this? You know, do I want to do porn? Cause I've made, I've made some porns like on myself, like with myself or like with friends to like, you know, we entered into the, um, like some porn competitions before, like amateur porn competitions. Oh, nice. So I'd like experimented with making porn before. So I, I just kind of like had to like observe all the different ways you can participate in the industry and then figure out what would work best for me. Cause like, Basically, like they were like, yeah, you'd be a great dom. And then I looked into like what you get paid at a dungeon, and the, the when you start out at a dungeon, you're like folding towels and like oh, really? getting paid like next to nothing. And I was like, I would, I don't want to get, I don't want to, like, I basically didn't know you could go independent. Like and oh, once I okay. learned that you could go independent, I was like, heck yeah, that's what I want. Like I want to yeah, be yeah. my own boss. I don't want to, you know, I'd rather learn on the job than like have to like fold towels. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing nothing wrong with that. It's just for my personality. I've been freelancing and have been my own boss like off and on for a really long time, almost 20 years now. Oh, so like fuck yeah. it's it's you know, for a reason. Like, you know, I I enjoy working that way. I like working on my, you know, making making my own decisions about how my to run my business. Yeah. Did you like so having so many friends in the industry getting in, did you kind of have an idea or did you kind of feel like you knew what you were getting into getting into sex work or is it kind of like does it differ once you get in you're like oh this is this is different than what I thought or having those friends did that kind of like I guess alleviate that like that unknown getting into sex work yeah I think the the biggest surprise for me is I really assumed like every guy would want a strap-on session Cause that's basically okay. even my escort friends were like, Oh, I got to go, you know, got to do a strap on session. Like that's all every, everyone was always doing strap on sessions. And I just was like, I'm going to be doing that all the time. Like I need to invest in a good harness. Like I need to get an assortment of dildos and whatever. And it's happened literally twice in two years. Like, <laughs> and I advertise like I'm down for this. Like, I don't know what it is. I really assumed I would be doing it constantly. So yeah. that one, that one was a big surprise. Like I advertise as kink friendly okay. and I do very few kink sessions. Um, I think it's cause I don't advertise as a dom. Cause like I love role play. I love like kind of um, like, I don't offer like, I like corporal, but it's, I don't like, have a latex outfit. So I'm, okay. I'm kind of curious to like, see what happens if I do like a PVC photo shoot, like if that changes my, my clientele. Cause I do, I do love catering to fetish stuff. Like it's super fun. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like maybe yeah, if you yeah, if I feel like the photos, they can't do anything other than like help. Oh. You know, like people are like totally. they see this and they're like, oh fuck, hey, I, I like she advertises kid oh, friendly. But I know how that works. Hey, let me. Get I know what to do here. with a over the knee vinyl boot. Yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the thing that like I wasn't prepared for was um, how I like. A lot of the people that see me really love to talk to me. And okay. I really wasn't expecting that. I thought I was going to be like, you know, doing tricks and like, you know, more f- focused kind of like on the physical things and like my okay. appearance. And like all my clients love to talk and cuddle with me. Like I must be just like chatty, cuddly looking. Yeah. So that's which I love. I love chatting and cuddling. So it's. It, I just I when that started happening I was like oh cool this is great like I yeah, really yeah. thought I was gonna be you know swinging from the lampshades more yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you think your biggest challenge was do you have a biggest challenge starting out oh my biggest challenge was you know learning that like I I just didn't know that many alternative providers in the like escorting like all my dom providers were were alternative but like in escorting at the, when I started, I didn't really have any alternative uh, colleagues that I knew. And once I started making friends that like marketed as more alternative or hairy or curvy, it like totally changed. Cause at first I was trying to fit into this certain, like this certain like look okay. and it wasn't really, you know, I, I wasn't doing it well cause it's not my personality or my body type to look this certain way. But I was like, Oh, I guess this is how you this is how you do it because that's what my mentor did and it worked for her. But, you know, pretty soon after I realized I'm like, I'm older, like I'm a different body type. At the time I had pink hair, like I'm not going to fit oh, into nice. this certain look. So um, marketing authentically, like really once I made that realization that I could just like be myself or like, you know, it's like a version of myself with like personal details removed, Yeah, you know, like where I live and you know, my, my bio, my biography, but that really helps me a lot. And I like love who I meet when I ad started advertising that way. Do you feel like you're the clientele changed when you did kind of switch it up like that? Um, I didn't go too far. Okay. So I only saw like one or two clients that way. And so, um, as soon as I switched, I started getting like, you know, my third client I ever got, like saw me for like a, over a year pretty regularly. So oh, nice. like once I started showing more of my personality, I attracted people that wanted to spend more time with me instead of just okay. like, all right, let's see you for an hour. Like, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Do you have, do you feel like you have an average clientele that comes to see you at all? Is that a thing? Um, I've been kind of trying to like figure that out. I like, um, you know, I think that uh, before the pandemic I did, like had kind of like older older gen Xers and like younger boomers who are like into like meditation and music and kind of artsy stuff. And then since the pandemic, I'm like, what is the through line here? Like, I can't tell, like maybe it's just that you guys like tall curvy girls that have red hair. Like I can't quite tell, you know, so my clients are pretty, pretty varied, you know, but they're all like really like nice and everyone loves their dogs. Like, I don't know if the, I, cause I don't write in my advertisement, like must love animals, but like I always end up talking about like animals with my clients. So, you know, Hell I yeah. think that they're, you know, liking me for 
like because I seem like friendly and like open-minded I think is I, th- I think that's sometimes why people pursue like a like you know I don't know at what point like you become considered mature in the industry like I'm 37 and like on some sites like people 35 call themselves mature so like whatever yeah, okay yeah. you know that's like I whatever you become mature quote unquote but I think the clientele that are looking for a mature provider want someone who's like not going to that's like yeah, you've seen some things you've had people ask you weird stuff and like people can kind of I think people feel comfortable to ask me stuff really candidly okay. and I know I'm gonna be like kind about it like oh, you yeah. can't really shock me at this point yeah <laughs> you should, yeah I mean you can it's possible you've, <laughs> you've lived you know yeah do you feel like people when they reach out to you they know what they're doing like clients potentially do you, do they know what they're doing when they reach out to you yeah, I mean, you can tell like when someone like I have an autoresponder that if someone emails me, like if someone somehow misses on all of my ads, like use my contact form. If they somehow miss that and they email me, I have an autoresponder that's like, here's my contact form. And okay. if they fill out the contact form within like 10 minutes, I know I'm going to see them because they've like can read the instructions. And so whenever people email me and don't do that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to like get them scheduled but realistically like they've already failed the first like question of the sphinx which is like fill out the contact form so yeah i feel like sometimes i feel like those time wasters know what they're doing though like they're you know i'll i'll I'll, like they're not trying to book they're just trying to like get free free conversation so they're pretty easy to spot so that makes sense i think you know i think people i try to make it easy for people i have people that are new that say like you know i'll ask them like how did that go? And they're like, that was really great. Like you're like, I just learned, I learned this doing custom costuming that just give them all the information ahead of time. Even if it's on your site, go over it again in the email. And then they answer, you answer all their, anticipate, answer all their questions before they can ask them. And that simplifies the, the booking, the booking okay. scenario. Okay. Like being, being like a, an event planner and like curating events for people do you find yourself doing that in companionship as well? You know what? It's I I sort of retired from that industry just because it's like such a stressful industry. It's like I it's bet. really fun. It's so fun. Like I love, you know, the last event I did was an unlimited budget and unlimited creative control. Oh my god. Which was so fun. Like Holy dream shit. dream job. But, you know, with that freedom comes great responsibility. Like you're literally like, "Hi, I'm a magician." I like, feel like the I pressure can, has to be on. Like it's it's really high, and especially when you're dealing with venues, like they all have different weird rules, and some are like, "We must follow this local ordinance," or we're a historic building, so you have to have this you know seismic person to come in to make sure you can haul in whatever. You know, there's a lot of shenanigans for it. So I've kind of come to appreciate. Like I think in our world, we're like really we're constantly connected to the internet and to things and to our job. But we don't, we aren't often connected like on an individual level and a conversational level. And so I'm super willing to build an experience for my clients. Like I have some clients that love to do role play and I love role play, like love, 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 love. But I think a lot of my clients just want um, like compassionate connection. And so I find myself kind of doing that more and like listening. And, you know, when you're in a, you know, a transactional relationship, you have kind of this, 
you, you cut through a bunch of the kind of get to know you things and you can be really frank with people because you're that's kind of the nature of the relationship. And so you, I, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm a therapist, but sometimes people will be like, you know, I, I, I feel confident that I can give people my candid opinion and have yeah. these really kind of like emotionally honest conversations with people. And that's, that's something I end up doing a lot. And if someone wants to do a production, I'm happy to do that. But really the, the former comes up much yeah. more. It is cool. Cause it is like, just like a super honest relationship to where it's like, Hey, we know what the deal is, but you can just be honest and open and, yeah, it's like this weird, you create this space together where you're like, all right, we know what's going to happen. We know why you're here. And so we just skip a bunch of this mystery where we're like, you know, when you go on a date, you're like, okay, is this going to work out? Like, you know, because if you go on a date with someone, you're like, do they want to get married? Do they want to have kids? You know, you it's really easy to like spin out on like the future. Yeah. Whereas with a client, you're like, we're here for this time. And this time is really special. And we can be really candid and open with each other, you know, because we've, we've, you know, to get to this place, we had to share, you know, you had to share private information about yourself. So I feel safe. Yeah. You know, and we've now that we feel safe, we can kind of have this emotional honesty. Um, yeah. Cause you, yeah. Like so many, with so many relationships just with people outside of, outside of work, it's a different thing, but it is like just a singular, like, we can be honest in this space because we know yeah. what what this relationship is between us, kind of. Yeah, there's no, you know, there's there's mystery because you know, whenever you meet an, another person, there's unknowable things and beauty in that. But you're also like, you know, we we know what's going to happen here, so yeah, for that sure, eliminates some of the mystery, and you can have. I know that's what that's. I think the thing I like the most is connecting one on one in that way, just as much as like fulfilling someone's fantasy like fantasy fulfillment is also fun but emotional connection is just as satisfying for me yeah do you feel like do you feel in a session at all like any pressure at all to live up to clients expectations and i say that like do you feel like it's changed in the beginning versus now was there any you pressure know, at the beginning to like i want to make this good or, or like was that yeah. changed at all so when I first got in the industry, I spent a lot of time like reading Reddit and talking to my friends and, you know, just making kind of observations. And I and reading like, you know, Lola Davina's book, too. And I quickly realized that, like, I'm not going to fake stuff like I'm going to approach this as like earnestly as I can and give people I I want to be fully present for my clients um, so that's, I think that's something that's come with age because that's something I do in my, you know, private sex life is like, I don't do things I don't want. Like I feel very comfortable telling, you no and offering an alternative. And so I've, I've been doing that since I started. Cause I just was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, harm myself by doing stuff I don't want because like I, I'm, I am quitting my full-time job and my performance art, like career, you know, my artistic passions, I'm, I'm simmering down on that to take care of my health. And so I do whatever I can to like minimize my stress. And that's part of it for me. That makes sense. Hell yeah. Do you, so on your website, right, you like during this pandemic, 
a lot of people we haven't been able to see people so we've had to do like uh virtual stuff or distant stuff on your website you have like virtual offerings like gfe texting pen pals like phone and video companionship how is how's your experience been doing that (laughs) so before the pandemic started like because i've always loved shooting content like the first I'm, I'm going through and archiving my photo shoots right now and within the first like week I did three photo shoots because I love doing them so much and so I was always like I should do OnlyFans I should do content and so that was something that was like niggling on my brain but I was you know dealing with like my health and you know other things and so when the pandemic happened I felt this like intense pressure to whip something out and to create a remote remote service. And so I like kind of like was stressed out about that. And then I was like, you know, I'm not going to do it. And I decided to rebrand like right at the beginning of the pandemic, because it had been on my mind to do a rebrand. Now I'm going to focus on the rebrand. I'm going to redesign my website. And, um, you know, I think I hadn't even finished my website. Maybe that was part of it. But anyway, (laughs) I didn't have a good website (laughs) up. So when I did my website, I was like, I'm going to offer digital services like in case I, you know, in case people want them. But, you know, when the pandemic happened, like I I basically started in 2019, I did my first ad in March and then simultaneously I was doing the biggest event of my life. So I spent that year barely working and barely advertising. And then in December of 2020, well, November of 2020, I did a, or sorry, 2019, I did a meditation, 10 day meditation retreat and was like, I'm going to retire from the event production industry for 2020. And I'm going to focus on my companionship career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of people had dreams you know a lot of people have big <laughs> <Yeah>. dreams big... <laughs> yeah yeah so I have a forced retirement and so I you know that kind of happened during while I was doing all this decision personal decision making so I hung up my shingle there but I didn't have a big clientele to like I basically had one regular for that first year and then okay. like a couple people and so I didn't have any regulars to transition into a digital agreement so I didn't, I've not actually seen any clients digitally because I did not try very hard. I put it up there in case people wanted it, but I didn't promote it at all. Hey, we're I think talking my heart about it now. truly it wasn't in it. Yeah. It <laughs> I mean, I'm open to it. Like I love, you know, I enjoy talking to people. So um, I just didn't really, I'm still figuring out this whole like Twitter marketing thing. It makes like, I have had like one client from Twitter. And really? I'm like I put so much work on Twitter and everyone says it's one of their best marketing tools. And I just have not seen that. So I'm like, is it my demographic? Is it me? You know, Twitter, all the work on Twitter I've done for my personal brand for Flora. Yeah. It's paid off for my photo business that I started with Adrian Leilani. Like it's okay. paid off for that because people can see like, okay, you seem nice. You make good photos. Like, you know, it paid off for that. So you know, I feel good about Twitter, but I still haven't figured out the Twitter marketing thing. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like so many people are on Twitter. It's like, hey, you're, you're, oh, yeah. you're doing good things on Twitter. What are the people? Hey. Totally. What's your and Twitter? Some people follow say they, yeah. Some people say they book all their clients on Twitter. So I'm like, is it just the demographic of people that likes me is just not on Twitter? I have very few clients that are on Twitter, period. They didn't even know that there was like this whole sex worker Twitter world. So I'm there for the community and it would be nice to get clients off of it. But at this point I've just decided like, 
I'm only going to do what I enjoy. <laughs> that does make sense because I feel like a lot of the majority of people that have the like I, I guess potentially the spending money to inv- like to spend on like sex workers, they're probably not the demographic that's like huge on fucking Twitter. Well, I think there's a lot of like tech workers that see uh, providers and then they're on Twitter. But the through line with most of my clients, I realize, is a lot of them own their own business. Okay. Like, um, I have a lot of people that are, that run their own business or like, you know, a lot of like kind of um, uh, like either like construction companies or, you know, those variety of things. Like a bunch of my clients are small business owners. And okay. so I don't know what about my what about my profile says like I also run a small business. But I think when you're running your own like, I don't know, carpentry business you might not need to advertise on Twitter or participate. And yeah. you know, you're, you're busy with that. That makes so sense. That's my, that's been my theories. I don't know if it's true. There's, we can have our theories, but some of these things are unverifiable. Since yeah. We're, uh, un, under the radar. <laughs> it's hard to know. It's hard to know. So do you feel like since the pandemic's kind of coming to an end, do you feel like business has picked up at all? Like, do you feel like more people are reaching out due to like the vaccine being out there and stuff oh, yeah. kind of opening up a little bit? Yeah, I went like, I think I went like eight months with zero inquiries. And I was fine with that because I didn't feel safe about it. Like I have an immune system disorder. Like my immune system like dials everything up to 11. Like so, like it's not immune compromised. It's immune uh, activated. (laughs) So I was like, I don't want to get sick. Like I'm really careful here. Um, I did see like a regular client like a couple times because I trusted him and, you know, we did the testing, but like, I wasn't really wanting to seek out new clientels, but pretty much like, you know, after I got vaccinated, like things were like popping off, like they had never popped off before. Like I had a family member in town, like staying in my guest room. Cause like everyone had gotten vaccinated and they felt safe to travel. And like, I was not advertising. I was not on Twitter and I had many more sessions than I've ever had in a week, like without putting any effort in. And so I'm like, okay, there are market con- market factors outside of my control yeah. impacting this. Like I wasn't paying for an advertisement <laughs> at all. Wow. Like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't understand how this works. <laughs> hey, maybe they're coming from Twitter. You know, you never... <laughs> they weren't, they found me on my free Slicksa ad. Like I haven't oh, really? paid for a Slick, yeah, I haven't paid for a Slicksa ad in like two years. And but when you search like providers, like curvy providers over 35, I'm like one of five people. Ooh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah. So like people for finding me on like an ad platform I wasn't even paying for. I'm like, okay. That's good. Like, the demo's coming up. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, it's slowed down since then. I think everyone was like, I'm free. Let's and, get you know, it. We're, we're out of the <laughs> Right now. You know, and and tax is stimmy. Got that stimmy. So, Ooh, hell you know, yeah. it's. Yeah, it slowed that down a little helped. bit, but it's actually okay. I was a little bit like, oh my God, I guess I got to take the work when it's coming, but this is more work than I'm accustomed to. Yeah. I'm a stay-at-home dog mom. I'm I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> got to fill the bowl and the water. And- yeah. Well, <laughs> at the same time that work picked up of, you know, my Adrian and I started our photo bit, photo collab, like Hey Babe Studios, like we started in March okay. and it just, it just popped off. So like- while work was getting busy, like I was doing, I think we did like a dozen photo shoots in like two months. Like I stopped being able to count because I was just like, oh my God, another photo shoot. Like, yeah. 
watch good Whoa, though. where That's... am i it is good no it's like you have to do like something for ten thousand hours i think you have to take like ten thousand yeah. pictures you know the stuff i really wanted to like challenge you know be like can i do a shoot in the middle of the day and find find a way to take pictures like what if someone can only shoot at noon like can i yeah. figure out a, a way to get great pictures of them and okay. it was it was really good to have that like okay this person wants to shoot inside a dungeon there is one tinted window and it's in between a large building like how i normally love to do like natural light photography okay. it's like i'm gonna watch some youtube videos and how learn how to use supplemental lighting i didn't realize the whole light thing until like i got a polaroid like a couple years ago <laughs> and uh i've been taking polaroids ever since oh they're and so fun i love them it's so great it's yeah but it's i didn't realize i didn't realize how much oh yeah you like i like having the i like having the prints like i have so fucking yeah. many um but i didn't realize like how important like light played into taking a photo because you can i mean you can have like such oh like this is so great and then the lighting shitty and you're like well this picture is horrible yeah looks, i've uh, yeah we've all been up at 2 a.m at a party and been like i'm gonna take this great picture and then you look and you're just like what the heck is happening here? yeah <laughs> you know and cameras are getting better and better like with the ability you know the sensitivity of the sensors but like nothing beats you know really good like side you know a south facing window at the right time of day yeah what are some like maybe challenges or like frustrations maybe you might have within your job right now um i think honestly i think my biggest frustration is um like for a really mundane thing was i was actually so frustrated with my long nails like <laughs> i have a bunch of writing <laughs> to do and I like was like, I'm growing my nails out till they either break or I lose my mind. And I, I, I lost my mind and I cut them all <laughs> off a few days ago. Cause I was like, I typed my whole newsletter with them and I like hated every moment of them. And oh, so God. there's that very like mundane thing where I'm just like, I hate my nails right now. <laughs> I need to type them. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing that frustrates me is like, I've lately been getting tons of, um, People reaching out to me to do content, being like, I saw your ad on Trist. I'm a I'm a male porn performer. Do you want to do a scene with me? And I'm like, no, like, first of all, like, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, what makes you think you can cold call me? Like, I, I know. <laughs> I find that very frustrating. And I, I just ignore it. I don't write back to them. I mean, they get my autoresponder. Um, yeah. But for that right now that's really like burning my toast i just think it's so inconsiderate like i don't know like make some friends like get on twitter like yeah. make genuine connection with someone and then see if they do content and then shoot with them don't like fucking cold call an escort you know yeah and if i do want to do content i'm i know people to do it with like i'm not gonna do it with a stranger <laughs> hey yeah I, my friends on their only fans they'll get a they'll get people reach out and they're like hey do you want to uh, you know do you want to shoot content you need more boy yeah, girl stuff because i got a dick hey boy girl boy girl yeah <laughs> people love boy girl b slash g b slash g the people love it <laughs> verified <laughs> they also like the g slash g and the and the g slash g slash g slash g yeah yeah you can really and put as many slashes and g's and totally people, people totally like that. it's i um i have a friend who i'm helping like get some of her content like on she has her own site, but I was helping her get it on to some of the other clip sites and the tags. I don't know. I want to build like oh. a, <laughs> a porn generator where it go. It, t it takes all the tags on like many vids. And it was like, 
because there's some things because this person does like you know fetish stuff and i was like looking for like the vacuums the vacuum cube tag and it's not on there but vacuuming was on there and i was like oh maybe that's like what they call like vacuum play and then i go and i'm like no they're just people vacuuming is there a vacuuming (laughs) fetish and like there was one that was like baroque flute I was like, really? there's a Baroque flute tag on like many. Is that beds? like somebody like dressed like a flapper playing a flute? Is I don't that, like, know. Because Baroque's like like medieval, not medieval, but like, you know, many hundreds of years ago. Oh, shit. Like okay. bard, bard stuff, like D&D stuff. So I'm Ooh, like. interesting. I didn't look because I was t- doing, you know, I was trying to tag this stuff, but it made yeah. me think like I should make a generator where someone can be like, what content should I film today? All right. You are doing. Like girl, girl, broke flute, um, vacuuming. <laughs> uh, one of them was butterfly chasing. I was like, is it butterfly chasing? Like, is that like a, a slang for something vulgar, or is it like literally, literally just... <laughs> like skipping through the backyard chasing butterflies? <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard. You got to find the butterflies first in order to make that. I know cocktail. you have to build the garden. You have to build the butterfly garden, and then this is just a pro tip for the gardeners out there. If you build a butterfly garden, don't use pesticides because if your plants are getting eaten. That's what's supposed to happen. The butterfly larvae eat the plants and then they turn into butterflies. Really? Okay. Yeah. People do that. They're like, the caterpillars are eating my butterfly plant. That's the point. <laughs> They're it's, supposed I need to, to tell my, I need to tell my parents that. Yeah. Tell your parents that. Because um, that happened to me. I was like, what's going on with my milkweed? Like, this thing looks busted. And then I was like, oh my God, there's monarch caterpillar butterflies. And my plant wasn't mature enough. So I had to like find a butterfly rescuer. This happened like March of last year. So it was like, you know, pandemic shenanigans. And yeah. I like, you know, had to find like a butterfly rescuer. And I put the caterpillars in a in a shoebox and bicycled them <laughs> to a butterfly rescuer because <laughs> I didn't have enough food for them. <laughs> that is so sweet. That is. <laughs> that, well, I planted it to get monarchs. And then I was like, You're, the plant's not big enough. I don't. What if they die? Like they're endangered. The populations are down 90%. Like, and that's bad. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't want to impact this by not having enough food for them. Yeah. I mean, you got to have enough food for the butterflies. Or you got to have enough food for the butterflies. Definitely. That's what they say. They're like, don't, if you're introducing butterfly larvae to your milkweeds, like they need to be at least one season old so that they don't they have enough food wow i'm learning i'm i'm learning so much yeah i love i love pollinators i'm i think they're essential so i'm i'm a big big fan of pollinators and doing what i can to like yeah that's the whole reason i wanted to get a house with a with a big yard was so i could turn it into a butterfly garden to make because you can get registered as like a like a backyard wildlife zone Ooh, like, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. You get like a sign. You probably have to pay for it, I bet, but like whatever. Like it probably gets donated to a to like a butterfly rescue nonprofit. But you have to like provide food, you have to provide shelter, you have to provide water. Then you get to have this cute little sign. Or you have to agree not to use like pesticides. Okay. So that's like my goal is like to have that sign. Like I'm doing it for the the clout in the, the- butterfly <laughs> garden community. <laughs> <laughs> you're just cooler than everybody else at the garden party because you're like, yo, y'all got this butterfly sign? I'm a motherfucking... Yeah. I care. I care about the butterflies. Yeah. What are you fucking doing? Yeah, I didn't just plant flowers. I gave them a habitat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I don't throw away... I don't throw around that. I like... I want to... I, I try to talk about it a lot just because I'm like, you can put a little pot out there with like one milkweed. Yeah. You could save like 20, 20 monarchs. Damn. You know, I, it's like... 
you know, just do a, a it's like, instead of being like, oh, I can't do a butter, I can't turn my entire yard into a butterfly garden. It's like, but you can put out a pot of pot of milkweed for them. You know, you can do a little bit. See, I don't know what this, the butterfly situation is in Atlanta, but I just moved to a house and we have a yard. I feel like I could get a milkweed and like, you know, support the. Yeah. I mean, see what? So community. milkweeds. Yes. Yeah, see what butterflies are cool. Like they're all cool, but like see which ones are native to your area and figure out like, oh, we've got like swallowtails. So we'll plant this like funnel or whatever. I can't remember what swallowtails eat, but you can figure out your local butterflies okay. and like plant plant the food they like. Okay. And it's so fun. Like, I don't know. It's so cool. I have my milkweed. I'm like going going on about this one milkweed, but it attracts like aphids like crazy. Like okay. it's covered in aphids and they're really like pretty weak. So if you spray them with water, they just die. But I was like, what happens if I let the aphids grow? And I started attracting uh, ladybugs. And so now I have like hundreds of ladybug larvae on this bush that are eating all the aphids. And then they turn into adult adult ladybugs that lay more eggs. So I have this whole like eco, like butterfly, like, like ladybug, aphid ecosystem going. And then like pretty soon I'm like, all right, then now the monarch butterflies need to happen. And just in this one plant, I've created so much like, diversity for like this beneficial insects and i'm like what if my whole like when my whole yard is this like i've already made a difference to these like hundred ladybugs but you know in the you know in the bucket of ladybugs where there's bazillions of them it's not that many but it, it shows me that like even a little bit of effort has great results when it comes to helping out beneficial insects i feel like you could just like you already got the camera set it up and then you could just like film like almost like a david attenborough kind of like lifestyle like totally. what's going on with the ladybugs and the, uh... <laughs> here's the problem right now my front yard is the most exciting and i live in a very residential neighborhood so i, I try to keep the nudity to inside or the backyard so okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i couldn't do like erotic content in the front yard okay but um once i'm done rehabbing the backyard like that's one of my goals is to have a full like photo shoot worthy pollinator friendly backyard so Hell when yeah. that happens sometime in the next decade uh <laughs> right now it would be me being like this is my mulch pile hey that's still I got good 20 cubic <laughs> yards of mulch <laughs> <laughs> this is my wheelbarrow we're just belly flopping in the mulch having fun oh my god yeah. no heckin way my dog <laughs> yeah. does though she loves like we covered like we just had really shitty grass that was full of like weeds and foxtails and so that's why we i did the mulch and I was like, oh, my dog's back there laying in the mulch. Like, let me put like a blanket out there so she can be comfortable. No, she likes the mulch. She likes laying in it. She loves how it feels in her fur. She's like, you know, she's like 15 pounds. So she's she's pretty short. Oh, nice. And she just loves getting covered in it. Like it's her favorite <laughs> thing. She's just a sunbathed belly up rolling in the mulch. That sounds nice. <laughs> it, is, it is nice. Sometimes I see her little ears and they're like bright purple because so much she's so warm. <laughs> like there's just so much blood in them like i'm just like you're having a great time you, yeah. you have a good life <laughs> man so much I feel, this is so much plant talk butterfly talk i love it i love this yeah um, it's pretty wholesome over here hell yeah it, when except for when it's not wholesome except for when it's not like it's, but... it's not yeah it's like i'm really not that wholesome like i'm a pretty big pervert but like i love to like a lot of my activities are very wholesome. <laughs> so maybe that's why people aren't booking me for kink sessions. It's just like, oh, 
I don't feel like a tea party, but I'm like, no, I, I do enjoy hum- humiliating people and, and I love beating them. So yeah. So, know. I mean, Hey, people, that's what hey, I mean to, people, to, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a kinky tea party photo shoot sometime soon. See, that'll be so. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like sex work has helped in other aspects of your life? Oh yeah. I, you know, of all the jobs I've had and all of the like freelance things I've done, I like you work a lot to have to be a successful sex worker. You work a lot, but it's incredibly flexible. And when you're compensated, it's compensated very well. Whereas like when you're a costume designer, like people are so used to, you know, buying clothes from like Target or Forever 21 that when they're like, I want you to make this elaborate thing for me and I only have a $200 budget. And you're like, this is going to take me like 15 hours to do. Like, you know, it's like the amount of work I had to put into my creative passions to like barely make a living was so much work. And I found it really frustrating that I stopped doing custom sewing like many, many years ago. Cause I just couldn't, couldn't stand it anymore. Like I didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want to deal with people wanting to underpay me. And so, you know, but that really has helped me with my sex work career where I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm in a place financially that like if someone's bugging me, like I don't have to see them. And I recognize that that's a very privileged place to be, but it's, I, you know, my experience in freelancing ineffectively and poorly or not being compensated well over the years, like really helps me now to like really stand up for myself and take no, take no BS and, you know, market myself in a way that's authentic. So I attract clients that I enjoy spending time with. Fuck yeah. What do you feel like might be some misconceptions that the general public have about sex work? I think that like a lot of people think that, you know, sex work is like incredibly glamorous all the time. You know, I think there's like pop- popular media portrayals, like, cause I read like diary of a call girl and a few other like books about sex workers. And like my, my day to day with my sex worker job is like so different than like what, you know, kind of was portrayed in that book. And obviously everybody's going to be different. You know, there's a lot of us that are like, you know, live basically the stay at home dog or cat mom life where we're like taking care of our house and taking care of our plants and focusing on staying grounded and staying healthy so that when we are with clients, because like, even if, you know, there, there's a performance aspect to this job and a, you know, a physical labor aspect. And so it's important to be like well-rested and, and healthy. So I think there's like a lot of people in the industry that are like, kind of we're kind of boring like i'll be on reddit and i remember someone being like what's you know asking a question about like about sex workers and their day-to-day life and most of people were like my day-to-day life is like incredibly mundane and i i like it that way because like my job is very exciting at times but a lot of it's just administrative work and planning yeah so yeah so there's there's a lot of mundane aspects to it and it's you know it's good you can you can lead a like a, a simple, you know, I, part of why I got into it was like, I want good work-life balance. I want time to vibe and relax and take care of my health and not be stressed out. Yeah. So that makes me like, you know, 
kind of boring in some ways, but you know, unless you're really into butterflies. <laughs> hey, unless you're really into butterflies, then whew, this shit is exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'm thrilling, thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> see, I feel like, see, this is good because I feel like maybe somebody is in the Bay Area. Maybe they're potentially a client. Maybe they're like really into butterflies. Maybe they're really into dogs. Maybe they're really into plants and they're, yeah, they're hearing this and it's all coming together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, schedule time with me if you want to talk about your dog. Yeah. And how how awesome they are and what nice ears they have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know you can I can do that to you too. Yeah. You know I love I love human animals. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love animals of all kinds. (laughs) (laughs) Like hey, you got some nice ears on you. Let me just rub them a little bit. Yeah. Make you feel good. You know. Yeah. What uh? Do you have any advice you'd give anybody that wants to get into companionship? You know, my advice for people wanting to get compa- into companionship is, you know, don't like you don't have to like look whatever you look like. Someone's gonna like you. Like you don't need to have you, you don't need to look like whatever you imagine escorts look like. You can just look like yourself. Like if you don't want to have long nails, you don't have to have long nails. If you want a shaved head, you can have a shaved head. If you want pink hair, you can have pink hair. You know, it might change your your demographic that's interested in you, but that's not necessarily bad. There's someone out there for everyone. And, you know, I think part of my advice too is, you know, just start advertising right away, like as much as you can afford to, because you can spend a lot of time like, building up like until you've actually had face-to-face time with clients like you don't know what you want your brand to be so if you put all this work into your brand ahead of time like you might decide you don't care for your brand like six months in yeah and so just take some pictures and put them on the internet and see what happens and then refine from there like i wish i had started advertising like six months before i actually did i was just so nervous i was like what if i don't have all these things ready what if my website's not done what if what if, what if, what if? And I said, I just should have put an ad up and then gotten over those initial like first awkward appointments and figured out like where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with it. I think like it's one of those things too, where it's like you just have that fear of the unknown and not knowing like how it's going to go. And then just like the hesitancy getting into a new thing, like no matter what you're doing, I feel like there's always going to be that initial oh, like, oh, can I actually do this thing? Yeah. And like, then what you happens realize when I get alone in the room with someone? Yeah. Am I, I going to freeze up or say something embarrassing or tell them my first last legal name like within yeah. 30 seconds? You know, that's, <laughs> that was one of my fears was like. Do I refer to myself accidentally a lot? Like, we <laughs> <laughs> use a lot of I pro, like I pronouns. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's take a little trip to the future, right? We are now in 2026, five years from now. Where are you? What are you doing? I am probably going to be doing very similar things to what I'm doing now. You know, I have. You know, this summer is actually the 10 year anniversary of like my first like major injury. Like I injured my back really badly 10 years ago and was like, couldn't walk for a couple months. And that kind of started, you know, I didn't realize that was an aspect of having like Lyme disease and having like chronic soft tissue issues. So the past 10 years for me have been like a mix of like, I've been like bedridden for like several months at a time, three times in the past decade. So at this point in my life, I'm so happy to be like mobile, to feel good, you know, to have like my house and my dog and my plants that for me, 
I've just realized that like you can have all these plans for yourself, but sometimes circumstances beyond your control happen, like, you know, a pandemic or a chronic illness. And so for me, my focus is like my meditation practice and staying grounded and staying healthy and staying compassionate, you know, to my clients and the people around me and the people of the earth. And so like, I don't have like in five years, I'm going to graduate from something or I'm going to make a bazillion dollars in my business. I've, I've just learned that like th- those kind of goals don't work for me, yeah. but those but staying grounded and focusing on like kind of that lifestyle aspect of living is, is what I plan on doing, you know, and then yeah. stuff comes up, you know, like yeah. I didn't plan on starting a photo business. It just happened. So it's like, it's, I, I'm open to like, un- I, I'm, Focusing on those things so that if an opportunity comes up that I haven't even thought of, I can take it if it interests me. Yeah. I feel like, you know, just like as you get older, you just realize how much that you just don't know what the fuck is about to happen. Oh, totally. You never know. Like, you know, it's like there's the the past 10 years for me have been like, you know, extremely tragic things have happened. I've had to move because of mold. I've uprooted my life. I've like had like several major moves in the past 10 years. And I'm like, I never want to move again. That's yeah. one of my five-year goals is to never move again <laughs> <laughs> and to not have a moldy house. Like that's another goal. And so like, I kind of like, I don't know, I think when you have a chronic illness, sometimes like you get really down to basics where you're like, what are the things that are important to me? Like, yeah. what do I enjoy spending my time doing? And do I want to deal with what kind of shenanigans am I willing to deal with or what, what shenanigans am I not willing to deal with? So yeah, it's like, I've, I enjoy, I used to make my life really complicated and now I'm like, you know, I just like living a simple life and occasionally complicated, you know, and learning. I love learning. And so it's like having that space to like learn about things, you know, it's good. Hell yeah. Do you, before we get out of here, do you want to leave the people on a story? Do you have a story for the people? Yeah, I kind of want to just like, you know, I think share an experience I had when I first got in the industry because like I hadn't been advertising because I just, I don't know, I was kind of clueless, but I'd been on Reddit and someone had talked about like, oh, you can advertise on like a cuddle website and then people will approach you for like extra services. And I was like, and it's free. So I was like, okay, let me try this and see what happens. And I got a dude that was like, I want to book you for a cuddle session. And he's like, are you open to fetish stuff? And I'm like, yes, I totally am. Hell yeah. And he's like, I want to do a tickle torture session. Ooh, nice. And I'm I'm not I'm not ticklish. So I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> 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 and I was like, I can pretend to be ticklish. And I, so I agreed to do the session. And then after a while, I was like, oh, shit, four hours is a really long time. Like, now I know I'm like, four-hour appointment. Like, you need to have, like, a meal. You need to do an activity. You know, you need to have more than tickle torture planned. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, okay, we're doing this. I've already agreed to. We've already negotiated the price. And then when I was prepping, he was like, oh, I also like feet. Can you wear stockings, socks, and yoga pants? So I, like... I'm wearing all this clothes and I like go to his place and I'm sweaty because I'm wearing all these layers and he like had offered to like roll me a joint and smoke with me and I got there and he didn't have a lighter. So we spent like 15 minutes like very awkwardly while he's trying to find a lighter and we're like, okay, that's not (laughs) happening. And then, you know, he wanted to get into the session and I very quickly realized like he basically was like, I'm a tickle top and I want to tickle torture you. And I very quickly realized that he was a tickle, like a foot bottom. What he really wanted to do was just have my feet in his face. Okay. And so basically 
I like just put my feet on his face for several hours and like he tickled me a little bit and I'd be like hee 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 and eventually he just fell asleep <laughs> and I like with my feet on his face and so I watched um Machete like by Quentin Tarantino because <laughs> that was what was on and I was like couldn't really you know I was kind of like clueless I'm like should I move should I change it like I, I guess I kind of wanted to see this and so he eventually like wakes up like <laughs> right as, as the final like battle scene and I'm like super into it so I'm like oh yeah this guy like I don't know his wife and stuff happened and I explained the whole plot to him and then I just like packed up and left it was like the a very strange four hours like I've never had a session like that ever again because that was like literally the first time I ever saw someone yeah. who was paying me for for that <laughs> <laughs> you know just now I'm just like all right I know how to sculpt a four-hour experience we're gonna have snacks we're gonna do activities like he didn't like talking either. He wasn't chatty. Oh wow! And like, yeah, because he found me off a cuddle website. Like it was a little bit like how I was marketing myself there was very different. Okay. So like now I'm just like very like like people know what they're getting on my ads, escorting yeah, yeah. ads. You know that's the point of the escort ad. You're not trying to like shift a cuddle client into a sex work client. That's a, that's so. incredible though. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's like you I don't just know. Watch seems- machete with your feet on his face. And just- <laughs> I know. He's passed out. I know. Like when I was reading about it on Reddit, I was like, okay, like you can, you could do this. Like, why not? And now I'm like, maybe I'm not, maybe I should just go for the, like the escort site. Like just pay for that. <laughs> like it's just easier. Like people, people know what's going on instead of being like, you know, mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now I know how to ask to like, you know, what questions to kind of ask. Cause I could have definitely have figured out a little more information before seeing him, but I was just oh, kind okay, of like yeah. take, taking, taking what he was saying at like face value. And once I read between the lines, I was like, Oh, you, it was very clear from the beginning what you truly wanted. Oh, okay. But yeah, I feel like it'd probably be hard to know that just starting out. Like now oh, you look, totally. look back and you're like, Oh shit. Wow. The signs yeah, so are all obvious. there, but you know, you know, that's why I say like, just start advertising as soon as you can. And as soon as you're comfortable, because the first few sessions are probably going to be weird and yeah. you can just like get it over with. And the, the process of negotiating with a client is something that like, you know, takes some time to get used to. And so, you know, the sooner you can start that, the easier it's going to be to then refine those things that set you apart from other people. Yeah. Hell yeah. And yeah. Flora, I appreciate, I appreciate you coming to the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. I appreciate you hosting such a great podcast, and you know, I enjoy. I, I'm a listener too. Oh shit! I'm a friend. Of, I'm a friend of the pod. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just love hearing other people's experiences because there's, you know, a variety of different experiences you can have in this industry, and it's I know it's really expansive to hear how people run their businesses differently and how they got into it, and you know, their opinions on that on what I think is a a very interesting industry. Yeah, definitely. I I appreciate you listening. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where, uh, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me. Um, my Twitter handle is at Flora sparks XO. And then my website is Flora sparks.com. Fuck. Yes. People. Flora sparks XO Flora sparks.com. Follow her. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Come I really do. For the plants, stay for the pictures of my ass. Hey, people, come for the plants, stay for the pictures. Yeah. What are you doing? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Listeners, we will be back later.
that was my interview with Flora Sparks. Yo, shout out Flora. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was such a good time. Listener, she just plugged it. You can find her on Twitter at FloraSparksXO. Her website, FloraSparks.com. She mentioned it briefly in the interview, but she has a photography company, a collaboration with her and Adrian Lalani. If you were a sex worker in New York or if you were a sex worker in the Bay Area, she does photography. That is at Hey Babe Studio on Twitter. If you want to shoot them an email, you can info at heybabe.studio. I will have links to all of those in the show notes from this week. Hit the show notes, click the links, give them some follow, show her some love. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast. You will be alerted as soon as those episodes drop every single Tuesday. Ratings and reviews help so much for visibility for the show, so if you can, hit us with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review. I will love you forever. And I'll read the review on the podcast. It's a, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, <laughs> This has been episode 92. I appreciate you being here. We will be back next Tuesday. Ooh boy, what's happening? I'm feeling a solo episode happening. I'm feeling it. Who knows? I will tweet about it. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Full Service Pod. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to hear anything talked about on the show, if you just want to write in, let me know. Hey, Tank, I had this for dinner, you know, uh, fullservicepod at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is through our Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Each month, we have at least one Patreon-exclusive episode. Also, if you subscribe to the Outcall tier of our Patreon, you get a free month subscription to the OnlyFans, the Friends of the Podcast, Sweet Haley Grace, Sophia Soma, Alexis Reynolds. Join the Patreon. What are you doing? But hey, I appreciate you being here. We'll be back on Tuesday. I hope everything is good wherever you are. I will see you then. Later.